Within you will be everything that I am. All the knowledge I possess will be yours. Just as my master taught me all of his knowledge and his master before him. We're part of a legacy. Shout out Dave Filoni, our Lord and Savior. We'll see you after the jump. Love wins! I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a death star. All about the wars in the stars. I'm your rogue leader, electrifying force-sensitive native to the Chiss Ascendancy, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I am joined by the greatest mind the Rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Hoth, the Klein Feltsoka. Mom, listen to the waves. Listen to the waves, Mom. You gotta listen to the waves, Thomas. Gotta listen to the waves, man. Like, whoa! Scarif Native and Anakin's favorite Padawan. Jack, son, Vil, pew, 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 pews! A reading from the book of Dave Filoni, chapter 77, verse 23. Ahsoka lives. <laughs> Live or die, that is your choice. <laughs> Love it. On today's show, we dive into Ahsoka, Episode 5, Shadow Warrior. Before all of that, let's go ahead and check in with the smartest execute order, 66% of this podcast. We're moving swift because holy fuck knuckles do we have a lot to talk about. Kleino, the dino. How you doing, pal? I'm doing well. We're going to jump right to me here, okay? I want to bring it up. Thomas, Jack, you weren't here for this conversation. Last week, we were talking about this glorious creation known as Cincinnati Chili. This is a monstrosity that is also, I think, kind of beautiful in my brain. I have not had it, but I'm fascinated by it. And I want to bring it back up again, Thomas, because after our deep, long conversation, probably too long um, conversation about Uh, this. Just a little bit. For those who don't know, it's chili on top of spaghetti, and it sounds delicious. We received a little message from um, one of our dear listeners named Tim. Tim sent me a message over on Twitter. And Tim is a native to the Cincinnati area. He has provided some context, okay? He says he loved the intro of last week's Reckless Rebellion. The main restaurant in Cincinnati for the chili is called Skyline Chili. And their two biggest things are the three, four, five ways, which is the spaghetti, the chili, cheese, beans, and onion that we all mentioned. And then he describes also something called a cheese coney. This is native to Cincinnati as well. A hot dog on a bun with chili and cheese. They also Mm -hmm. have something called, and this is where we get interesting, boys, the Chilito. It is a burrito filled with chili and cheese. You can also add spaghetti to that burrito, which Tim says is amazing. And possibly the best part of Skyline Chili is their hot sauce. It's different than any hot sauce he's ever had. It's so good. Probably the weirdest part of the chili is that it has cinnamon and cocoa in it, which turns some people off of it. Uh, It doesn't even notice the flavors. Anyways, he says, since it's a Star Wars podcast, I'll throw in that last week's Ahsoka was one of the best Star Wars TV episodes on Disney+. Thank you so much for saying in the message, Tim. And I want Cincinnati chili. This is, I'm going to, 
probably just make it myself. Yes, Jack. What are people doing in Cincinnati? What, what, like, I don't are they know. Buddy the Elf just like throwing this <laughs> mishmash of all this oh stuff God, in there? Yeah. It sounds great. Oh man, I need to go to Cincinnati. Thank you, they're, Tim. That, they're breaching awesome. lines that which we never, the food gods never wanted to be breached. You know, they're like they're the crossing borders. <laughs> exactly. It's it reminds me very much, Jack, and in like a more like American back of your truck, like yeehaw kind of way. It reminds yeah. me of the scene in Ratatouille where where uh Remy's brother and he's talking about food and he's like, try the grape. And he tries bites in the grape and yeah. he gets like the, and then he tries the cheese and then he's like, no, no, try both of them. And that's to me what the Cincinnati chili experience is. It's you really get, <laughs> you, you get the cello and the violin when you eat the chili, but you get, and you get the timpani and the horn section when you try the spaghetti, but mixing it all together, it's, you get the full Kevin Kiner-esque symphony in your, <laughs> in, on your taste buds. I love that comp so much. Ke- um, can we get uh, Kevin Kiner to just score everything, by the way? I know we'll get Oh, my God. It, oh, yeah, we'll, get to, we'll, we'll get to We've got some Kevin Kiner thoughts. I just want to say I really want that chili, Chilito. The Chilito, yeah. Chili- yeah. What a great name, too. That is and up I've, my I've heard alley. of a chili-filled burrito before, but the fact that you can add spaghetti, like you can add carb into this carb. Like it's like, let's add <laughs> spaghetti inside of the tortilla. It's sure. Why it's not? carbception. Yeah. I think Let's go. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna make my own chili and do my own. I'm gonna call it. What am I gonna? It's not gonna be Cincinnati chili because I'm not putting the cheese and some of the extra stuff in there. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll call it Thor's I'm, chili. I'm going to make Cincinnati chili. We are going to live. He said he would mail us something. November. When he said he'll mail it to us, he'll mail us some as well. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of food going through the mail. Uh, you love to see it, honestly. We're thriving <laughs> with this here food. Jack, Jack, buddy, pal, home slice. How you doing? No, Thomas, it's just Star Wars today. Let's move on. <laughs> Wonderful. Wow, hey. <laughs> with that, we're not taking an ad break today, probably. So we're going to move right on into our flagship topic to dive into Ahsoka, episode five. Shadow Warrior. Jedi. Ahsoka is Jedi. That she is. Episode five is here. We have three episodes left. It was pretty all right. Hey, guys, it was pretty good. Um, We'll get into some general thoughts very quickly. Then we'll dive into the beat by beat rundown of what happened this episode, as well as our thoughts and feelings and just... Just it's gonna be a lot this week, Jack. You haven't been here for a little while, so what were your general thoughts? How are you feeling coming out of episode five, which is less than twenty four hours old at the time of recording here? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wanted to skip how I was doing because I have been working and I haven't even had a time to really think about my general how am thoughts. I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to reflect on the past twenty four hours. What, what's been going on? Um, this episode was just immaculate Star Wars. Like that, like coming out of episode four, I guess I'll, I'll recap that real quick since I wasn't here to give my thoughts. I really, really liked it. I actually think that's a better like episode just in terms of I guess filmmaking, if you will. Um, David used a good word on the direct podcast today. It's a tighter episode, and and I agree with that. Um, but I mean, obviously, one of just like the biggest cliffhangers that we've gotten in recent memory with Star Wars. Um, am i crazy maybe since the force awakens 
ending. I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and look at stuff. But this episode, yeah, it's just like it's not. I have like the slightest of issues with it, but it's one of those things where like those issues can just go F themselves because they don't matter in the slightest. They don't matter at all because of the actual character development, the shot. God, it's so hard to talk about this without spoilers, even though I know we kind of break that rule here sometimes with the general thoughts, but I'll stay out of spoilers. Um, just, just a shout out to, to the star Wars fandom as a whole, the people who've been sticking around since 2008, I'll just say, and it, it warned my little Star Wars heart. I'll, I'll end it there before I just keep going down a rant and getting spoilers. It's funny you bring up the like since 2008 of it all um, and how much it means to people who've been there since day one, essentially. And I actually wanted to bring, before we jump to you, Thomas, I'm going to bring your digital persona up for a quick second. You tweeted last night saying, my review of Ahsoka episode five. The blending of animation and live action is the dream. I feel like all my homework has finally paid off. And that is like, I think that distills how I feel about this episode perfectly. Like this is, I don't want to say justification for the animation because that makes mm-hmm. it sound like lesser than, but it does, yeah. it, this this is what we've been waiting for. It, it almost felt like they they canonized everything last night, which they didn't. <laughs> yeah. It's all been one working canon the whole time, but it 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 really it feels gratifying to have been mm-hmm. there and and know these characters and know this relationship that we're going to get into obviously um and for them to for it to pay off the way that it did here was just like I'm I'm stunned, I'm blown away. I I didn't I knew we were gonna. It was gonna be good. That Ahsoka was gonna be great, and we were gonna get moments similar to this. I just didn't maybe realize how hard it would hit me when it would all happen. Thomas, I took a little bit of your thunder there, diving into your tweet, but your general thoughts, man. Ahsoka, you were living last night. Oh man, I uh, I told my roommate I was like, this might get weird. Or my roommate's brother, you know, he hangs out in the living room, uh, comes over because he lives across the street. And hangs out and uses our Wi-Fi to play games. And I'm like, this might get weird. Uh, and we got f- five to ten seconds into the episode. And I go from the couch. I grab a chair and I put it about as far away from the TV as I am my laptop right now. Which is, you know, arm's length. I could touch my TV. And I curl into, like, I sit into a ball like I'm a child. And that was it. That was me for about 40 minutes. I did run around the house. Um, really quick, Klein, off your point that you were saying, it's not the word justification, it's the word amplification. It really added mm. depth to it, I think, to the animation, and the animation is now adding, if you go back and watch the animation and go to those episodes that they reference, it amplifies what we see here even more. Uh, so I think that it's beautiful synergy uh, between the two. I want to use a different tweet that I sent out to kind of talk about my thoughts and feelings because I feel like I just won the star Wars super bowl after 13 years of rooting for the animation and them not getting their due from people who, Oh, I only watched the live action. Um, I had a lot of feelings last night and I still have a lot of feelings. There are four specific points that I, I just rewatched it and I rewound and did some extra research of notes that I thought I picked up on to confirm. And there are just little moments. And as soon as it starts, I'm like, 
<laughs> and start crying. Like I sound like a child because of the way that this universe, this this Star Wars reality that's been created, this art form makes me feel. It takes me back to a seven-year-old little boy who was traumatized and found something that just blew his little mind to want to become a creator, to want to do everything he saw on the screen. Um, Star Wars really inspired my love of deep diving into film, the behind the scenes. How does it work? How is it made? Shout out that Canadian show. Uh, and this episode is the perfect. I think it's perfect. I'm really excited to get into. I do want to hear your issues, Jack, the nitpicks, because mine are okay. I see how it, the juxtaposition of tone in a certain spots, but I think it works well because you have to have the what's the word balance. So I think it works beautifully and I think it's perfect and the way that Star Wars can be. Um, but I, there are certain things that are done in this episode not just on screen, not just like what they're filming, but the whole style of production from pre-production to post-production, uh, all of it, that's just like they leveled up on a different, they, they were all leveling themselves up for this episode and you can feel it when you watch it. Um, I can't wait to dive into some of the production notes that I wrote down later on. Jack. Just to go off of what you said, Thomas, about the amplification of the animation, like, yeah, it's it's great that we're getting characters that we've seen in animation. We're getting them in live action. Everyone's there. Like, that's all great and well, but, like, the great thing about Ahsoka so far is the fact that we're just getting the an type of animated or the type of episodes we get in the animation in live action now. And that's what makes it feel so special. It's the same kind of stories. It's not just like, Hey, you love this character. Well, here they are in live action. You love this character. Oh my God, check her out. It's like, no, no, no. I'm just, Dave Filoni is just like, I'm going to tell the exact same kind of story, but now I get to do it on this grand stage and it fills my star Wars heart. Sorry, Klein. Please tell us how your thoughts and feelings with this. Oh no, episode. I did. I loved it. It's great. Okay. This is, this is, <laughs> I mean, probably my favorite uh, live action Star Wars thing that we've gotten um, on Disney Plus. I don't know if it's the best. I just, I, and or to me is just so like, it's so like that bar is so high. But this was just, it, it paid off like all the yeah. buy in for all that, for all those years. And as I've said here and anywhere else, anyone that'll have me is Ahsoka has been my favorite character in star wars since i met her it's she is her that relationship between her and anakin i think is so interesting and is so fascinating um <laughs> as we go from clone wars and into rebels it's it, it really feels like a cohesive saga after last night's episode i always kind of felt like the ahsoka anakin stuff was like ill not illegitimate but like I would talk to some Star Wars fans and it's just, you, oh, you don't get it. Like you just, you don't get it just because they haven't, they haven't watched mm -hmm. it all. And I'm not, I'm not going to be that person who pulls up my glasses and puts, fixes my bow tie and goes, well, 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 you got to go, like go watch <laughs> and read everything. But like, don't call you're, me out you're like missing that. out on, you're missing out on one of the best relationships in the whole thing. And even me, somebody who has seen it all really have, has felt that dissonance of just like, 
There's mm-hmm. Anakin and then mm-hmm. there's animated Anakin. And animated yes. Anakin is fantastic. Hayden Christensen's Anakin leaves a little to be desired. Last night yeah. it was like, oh, like like this is th- this, this is-, is Hayden Christensen's almost coming out party as the character it really felt like, which is crazy to say this many years later. It's just it's amazing what that man is like. This is what he was trying to do, but didn't have the writing to put him there. And and didn't have the environment overall. I, the word I keep coming back to is they cemented the legacy of these characters now yeah. in this episode. Like it, it like it, it's cemented. Like <laughs> Thomas, I love the snap. <laughs> like a poetry like reading. Is that a slam poetry? Yeah. I feel so good about what I'm saying now. Um, but yeah, like the the legacy of of these shows and of these characters that did feel separate. It all it all kind of. It felt like they were in their own little worlds are now connected now. And that Dave Filoni said that that was his goal when he did The World Between Worlds and Rebels in season mm. four. And he's like, I want to try to tie all these things together because they are together. It's just hard for the audience to see that at times and feel that. And he's just continuing that here. I I agree. Um, this is my Anakin Skywalker, I think is the oh. best way to put it. Because I love, I grew up as an angsty little shithead. <laughs> and I watched those movies. I mean, I'm eight years old. Anakin's 10 years old. Then he's 20. And I'm, what, 10 or 11, I believe. And then now he's becoming Darth Vader. And I'm 13 years old. And I am all sorts of angry, you know. And so, like, I went on that emotional journey with him. And even back then, I was like, man, I wish his delivery was thicker in the voice really my issue is how the voice sounds at times which Mm -hmm. you can only do so much when i was younger i mean i have this nice voice now but when i was like 20 it was a little high pitched and it wasn't like i was still going through puberty it was just a hi guys like yeah man like i wanted to be i was an excited person that was my spider-man voice by the way that was awesome (laughs) um and so now like he's a little older and he's able to hit certain tones in his voice that land differently um, and because he has more life experience he's able to deliver in different ways and so this is Anakin Skywalker like this is my Anakin and even when I saw him in Obi-Wan I was like oh, I see it like this this is Anakin right before he's all excited yeah and then he like gets chastised a little bit and he's like shame like you see it beautiful love it before we jump into the plot I have a question for both of you should be fast what year did you start watching Clone Wars? Well, I saw the movie in 08 in theaters. Ooh, that's the first movie, that first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. Wow. Okay. Same. So you guys are OGs on the animation for uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I started- for me, I saw the movie and then didn't like, I caught up with, with Clone Wars because it didn't air anywhere I could watch it here in Canada. And oh, so man. I was, I was into it from afar and like kind of new 10 like from the outside what was going on but i i didn't watch it and then four or five years it would it was on disney plus that i watched Mm. it all before the final season but it was there was some time before the final season so like i caught up and i'd seen episodes here and there when i'd like go down to the states and catch things i remember seeing the like the one mall came back in when I was yeah. like down there on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network, and I'm like, "What? Like this crazy?" Um, but like, yeah, I was. I mean, just like Jack, 2008. I was at that theater, and I remember being like, "What? Like Anakin had a Padawan? Like that's sick." Yeah, I was. I was eight. 
I was eight years old. I was with my friend Davy Crouch. Shout out Davy. Um, and I don't know if I really knew what was going on or like, I just knew it was Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, I guess there's this, this Ahsoka girl now. That's cool. And I was like, it's Star Wars. Who cares? But then I watched the show like sparingly when I was younger, like season one, season two. I remember we got the first few episodes of season one on DVD. Um, and I kind of watched it here and there. And then it, it was when I broke my leg my freshman year of high school. I guess I was just sitting around. I had nothing to do. And I saw the Clone Wars was on Netflix and I was like, you know, I've seen this thing going around that Anakin, like they go to this weird place and he kind of sees his future that he's Darth Vader. It's like, I kind of want to catch oh, up to yeah. those episodes. And of course, it's the Mortis episodes, which has come up a lot recently with this show, Ahsoka show. Um, and so I kind of caught up to season three. I kind of got to season four and then I didn't really do the full probably like, you know, season five, season six until later in high school. <clears throat> but it, it, it was definitely a journey. But yeah, been around since the beginning. I believe it was 2010 uh, when I started, when I decided, I think that's when I sat down and decided to watch the Clone Wars movie. And I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get it. And then I'd watch certain episodes here or there because, I mean, I never grew up, of course. I still watch Cartoon Network at times. Like, why not? Hell yeah. Um, Feed the inner child, baby. Uh, So I kind of bounced around. And then uh, I, I remember watching the Mortis arc. But I know when I sat down and said, I'm going to watch this all or I'm getting into this now, I should say, was, oh, they're bringing Darth Maul back. Oh, mm-hmm. like I remember I remember sitting and I thought it was earlier than it was, but I did the math and it had to. it was in 2012. I remember reading about that before season four came out and I was like, well, now I have a reason to watch this show because Maul is my guy. And how are they going to do it? Um I remember watching this at my grandmother's house, which doesn't line up with where I was living at the point. So I don't know how the (laughs) fuck that that happened, but um, I started watching it. And I believe by that point, they'd already released some of it on Netflix. So I think I went back and watched it. I remember that being the home of it. I think I started on Netflix as well because it was all there for a long time. Oh, yeah. In 20. uh, 2015 when force awakens came out i sat down and for four hours watched clone i laid down and for four hours got a stick and poke tattoo of a sith emblem next to my heart while watching clone wars episodes because like i was all about i gave it i wasn't out but like we had new content so i was all the way back in um and i like my comfort show when i need to get work done dawn clone wars there are plenty of episodes that i don't get invested in um but i enjoy watching like and enjoy having the background noise. Um, but enough of that. Uh, that took longer than I thought. I love you guys. <laughs> I'm so ready. Like I'm so excited. Okay. We ready? Yeah. Let's get into it. Uh, we will start this week as we always do with a quote from the episode. <laughs> At first it was going to be mom, listen to the waves uh, because Jason's and is just so freaking cute. Um, but it had to be this. listen, I'm teaching you how to lead, how to survive. And to do that, you're going to have to fight. Episode 5, Shadow Warrior, Ahsoka, directed by Dave Filoni, written by Dave Filoni, created by Dave Filoni. Let's just take a moment and raise our hands to the sky and say, thank you, Dave. You did this. In Dave, we trust. We open back up on Cetos. Shit has gone down. Map is destroyed. Everyone is gone. Hera, Jason, the guy from Kim's Convenience, they're all there. They land on the yeah. surface and they're like, where'd everyone go? What's going on? Ugh. Hera hears something. It's Hu Yang. He's there. 
and he's so sad. He's like holding Sabine's helmet as oh. if she's dead. Uh, and he told them, he, he says, I told them to stay together, but they never listen. They never listen. Boom. Title card. And it's like, we're here. Like, this is, let's go. This is not where I expected yeah. us to start, but we're getting into it. From there, the fun begins. Uh, we are in the world. <laughs> Ahsoka and Anakin are chatting. He looks the same. She looks, quote, old. Um, which I love. love it. She remembers that she lost to Balin, but doesn't really remember how she got there, which apparently means she still, there's a chance for you yet, Ahsoka. There's a chance that she will live. Anakin is ready to finish her training with one final lesson. That lesson, live or die. He pulls the saber. It is the blue saber. Last week was the Vader saber on his hilt, but this is the blue saber. He pulls it out. They swing. They do lots of cool stuff. Anakin does the cool spinny thing that we've Aww. seen him do so many times. We then cut back to Cetos. Hera and Hu Yang are trying to put the map back together. They start to think maybe Ahsoka and Sabine were maybe on that or were on that ship that made the jump into hyperspace. Senator Organa comes up. Carson Teva's like, she can only cover you for so long. Um, Jason senses something in the water he says mom listen to the waves there's something going on he's hearing the sound of lightsabers the force theme comes in klein cries it's amazing it's like a new <clears throat> arrangement of the force theme with like weird like reed instruments yeah. or something like they something? sound like they're blowing in like coke bottles thomas you say what i'm gonna say that it was across the stars that blends. Yes, the it was across the stars. Yeah. Yes. It is, yeah. No it's way. Like I a, need to go back and out last that. night. It's got a couple of notes leading in. It's like... Yes. And it's like... God. Instant It's tears. crazy yeah. how like a simple set of notes, like the force theme, no matter when or how it plays, I cry like every time. It's just like, it's like a tick at this point. Um, mm. and we got it. And it made me very happy. Jason <laughs> is just like his daddy. Hera goes, guys, we got to go look out over the ocean. Carson's like, no, we don't. We've already done that. She's like, guys, we've got to go look out over the ocean. <laughs> she pulled a Jack Fuse. <laughs> yeah, guys. Was, guys, guys, guys. In the WBW, which is the world between worlds, Anakin and Ahsoka continue to spar. He then, they stop for a second. And what does he do? cuts the floor out from under her boom she falls it's very i will very quickly say and shout out to anthony carboni who was on a podcast i was listening to this morning recapping this episode very looney tunes in the way he cuts the like bridge and his side stays up but hers falls i don't know about that so before we get into the rest of everything yeah this is kind of what i was called the opening of the episode what did we think here <laughs> any thoughts we can jump around of course Jack, we'll go to you first. Oh God, <laughs> where do I start? Um, I like. I want to give a quick shout out, and if I want to do the shout out, I should know his name. Uh, who is the actor from Kim's Convenience? What's his name? Does anyone know? It, Lee Paul Lee with mm-hmm. some middle names. I don't names remember how to. He is spectacular in so this good. episode. The moment where I she, found when, out he's in Avatar: The Last Airbender. He's like he's going to be in the yeah. live action series. Yeah. He's Uncle you know Hero, who he plays? Which is like he, which, yeah. yeah. Let's go. Perfect casting. Perfect. His comedic timing here when he when <laughs> when Hu Yang was like Kanan Jarrus was a Jedi, his father, and he goes, "Okay." And it's it, and someone <laughs> said I forget where I heard it, but 
everyone was like, those are the people who didn't watch Rebels. It's like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Paul um, continued to talk Hyungli. at me. Thank you, Thomas. Pa- Paul, say that again. Paul Sun. Paul Sun Thank you. Um, yeah, shout, shout out him because he is him. Um, I actually, initially when we, when I realized that it wasn't just going to be all Anakin and Ahsoka, I was a little upset. Cause like, I was like, no, let's not do the Obi-Wan finale where we're going back and forth between stuff. I really, really, really care about and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, okay. But it actually worked a lot. And the, the Jason scene with the force theme and all that cemented that because it was like, yeah. Oh no, we're like furthering this plot too. We're furthering these characters as well. And I, I get, we're going to say it a ton, but shout out Dave Filoni for that excellent balance um, bet- between the two, I, I guess, pieces of plot um, throughout this episode. But then there's the Ahsoka Annie stuff. And at first, you know, we, we all had thoughts and theories. You know, I, I didn't think it was actually Anakin. I thought that maybe he was kind of guiding it, but I thought that original projection that we saw last at the end of episode four, I was like, no, that's not actually him. And I'm like, when I kind of realized what was happening, I was like, oh no, it like that, that's him. They're, they're, they're actually doing something different than I thought they would. And they start fighting. And I was, I mean, God, I was on the edge of my seat, just watching every second of it. My, my sister and her, and her husband, Rachel and Ryan, they can contest to this. Like I was literally hunched forward as close as I could get to the TV screen. I was watching it with them because I needed a watch party for this. And <laughs> I was, I was glued. Like I didn't even have emotion on my face because I was just, I was shocked at what was going on. And last thing I'll say, because we'll get into more of it, but Hayden, y- you can't tell me that that is not Hayden from 2005. That is Hayden mm. from 2005. He looked so good. The wig looked so good. And we'll get into even more of it here in a second. But like, I was shocked at just how easy it is for him to slip back into this character. He's, he did, never left. It, it, and the like, de-aging oh. took me out of it a tiny bit in the really? only in the world between world moments, like in mm-hmm. like where they're on that bridge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like the specific bl- like lighting of that where I was like, I, think it is, I yeah. can see that there has been something done. When mm-hmm. we get down into the flashback stuff, I'm with you. I'm like this. Mm-hmm. How how does this look this good? Because I have not seen the de-aging done this well yet. Um, in, in in by from Lucasfilm. I mean, I just saw Indiana Jones, and it looks pretty. Like it looks, I would say, like ninety percent good there. But there is a little bit in little moments where I'm like, yeah, like that doesn't that doesn't quite look like him, or doesn't quite it, look real. This it's funny like, was so convincing. It's funny how like it hits people differently because like Indy Indiana Jones for me like was it was good. I mean, I know that took a shit ton of work to do but like it like it i noticed it the entire time here i don't i don't know what it was it's just like in i think real his movement as well and the fact that he he physically just portrays the character so well just like adds to it and i feel like last week because they knew it was like the first close-up shot of him being back in this form they're like we gotta make this look perfect and they just overdid it because last week looked pretty bad like last week was rough yeah but here it's just no like this is hayden uh, Thomas, take it away, man. Um, there's a couple no, like things in this section that I <clears throat> that I like. Uh, I love the uh, a little bit later on. I'm gonna talk about the fight choreography near the as we wrap up the fight choreography because um, there's certain things that I'm like, oh, it's just that's 
artistic storytelling all through movement. But um, for Anakin and Ahsoka, this section just chills. Like, I loved it. I love seeing them interact in this way. Like, the, you look the same. You look old. Like, love it. Like, that is that is Anakin Skywalker. This is and- not just Anakin Skywalker. This is Ahsoka. We've had so many mm-hmm. weeks yes. of people saying, this is stoic Ahsoka. Like, I don't know about Rosario. I'm one of them. I don't know about Rosario's Ahsoka. Yeah. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? And I kind of went in my head with the whole, like, well, a lot has happened. She's stoic. She's she's been through things. <clears throat> this episode, especially as we get towards the end, and I have, I think, it written in here, like, she smiled. Like, this is charismatic. This is snips. This isn't I, the yeah. Ahsoka, the Jedi Master anymore. And you can see that wall melt when she arrives in a world between worlds and starts interacting mm-hmm. with Anakin, it's instantly like you. Okay. Like Rosario was the right person for the job. I'm sorry for doubting you, Dave, please. Like, yeah, don't, don't harm yeah. me. Yeah, Exactly. In the walls melting, you mentioned Thomas, just like as a transition back to you, that moment when she's like, it looks like you don't have much left to offer. Oh. And Anakin Hayden's face, when she says that, and that smile, he looks up, the hair's a little wild, just like it should. And he's I honestly, I forget what he says, but oh, I haven't oh. taught you everything yet. And just, I mean, mm-hmm. I was like, this, I, I'm a child again. Like, yeah. we're That's in the spoilers now. Like, that, it, like, it that is, is this is the blending of that Matt Latner and Hayden Christensen Anakin. Like, this is when it's like, oh, this is the same character. Whereas before, <laughs> I wouldn't have said that. The yeah. moments, sorry, Thomas, go ahead. It's your, it's your part. Go. Well, uh, the sm- thank you. I'm glad we recognize that because uh, <laughs> I forgot the the smile that he gives at that moment. So there's a, there's a fight that he goes through. I want to say it's with Dooku that he has a similar reaction at a point. It's like, oh, yeah, um, but it's also the same smile. He gives Padme in a way where he goes from looking really thin to like his cheeks are just full, big smile. He's thoroughly enjoying himself in that moment. Both the actor and the character, you can tell he's like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah. Um, and since we're still talking about them, I got to give a shout out to maybe my favorite quote. It's going to be hard. I'm going to say that about every quote. I won't fight you. <laughs> I've heard that before. Jesus snaps, Christ. snaps. I literally screeched that I, that might have been the first official screech of the episode. And there was a lot. Uh I think that's because before that I'm like, they're doing it. And then we get that line and I'm like, Oh fuck. It's real. This is really happening. Um, But I really want to talk about my little baby boy, Jason, because most of my notes for Jason are up to this point Uh, really quick. When they find, they hear Hyang, uh, Hyang and Ahsoka, Ahsoka, sorry. Hera hits him with like the hold on. And he just hides behind chopper straight up. I'll hide behind the war criminal. Why not? He, he'll commit a yeah. he'll he'll kill there's him. Some, there's been some uh, chopper character development here. This the old yeah. chopper would have let that boy die. Like old yeah. chopper would have he would have rolled away. He would have yeah. Um, and then as soon as they come, like Hyang's he, talking, he walks up and instantly looks to the water with absolute understanding and feeling and curiosity. And that's when I went, oh shit, I was right because I remember last week I was like, well maybe like the I've got a bad feeling is like him feeling the force and for maybe for the first time. And I was like, maybe. And then that happens and I go, Oh shit, he's going to, he, he, he understands. He knows what's happening. He's going to find her. Um, then we cut later on and he's like, 
mom, listen. Okay, I'm listening. Do you hear it? Waves crashing? No, the lightsabers. And the music starts. Well, Hera looks at him like, oh, fuck. This is happening. <laughs> and then the music hits. And I, I, I don't actually have words. I'm already feeling the feelings come up. Um, and then you get the music blend, like I said. And then he opens his eyes and he looks at his mom with the cutest, most like this kid. They like, nailed he, it. Oh my it's god! Youthful, he, shout out to Evan Witten. Kid is thirteen years old right now. Child actors can be 13. hard. He's oh yes. he's he's doing well. <laughs> he's crushing it. Uh, yeah, no, it's hey, listen, we we've seen what happens with certain child actors and bad direction, right? Um, he's absolutely crushing it and. It's at that like I I'm intrigued to know more about Hera like how she heard it is she force sensitive is it so obvious that if you just quiet your mind you can hear it like like your soul like you, you I quiet your mind meditating as, you can I hear your soul I almost took it as a thing. her understanding what was going on in that not that her actually hearing it mm-hmm. but her going okay like Ooh. he like mm. he, like he is obviously attuned to something here. Yeah. And it was, and it's just motherly trust and like, okay, Ooh, I like then we got to go do that. Like, that's the way I took it. I don't Beautiful. know. If, yeah. Um, I like that. I like that. Cause I was like, Ooh, what's Tara hearing? Like, I want to know as a non-force user um, really quick. I'll jump to you, Jack, after I'm done. But from there, you know, Carson Tava's like, like you said, he's like, uh, what? And Hugh Yang's just like, he is the son of Kanan Jarrus. He has abilities. Uh, his jet, uh, he's a Jedi. Oh no, it's the other way around. He's like Jason has abilities. His father was the Jedi Knight, J- Kanan Jarrus, and it's like, oh, we're just gonna drop that out in the middle of nowhere. And you know what I did, Jack? You're gonna love this. I go, fuck yeah, rebels, rebels! Uh, woo, from, yeah, woo, rebels! <laughs> from Family Guy, because like <laughs> that's all I could think, and even my. Uh, even I got a comment from the back, which I barely heard. I was wearing noise canceling headphones. Like the score was penetrating my eardrums. It was, I was live. He was just like <laughs> family guy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> God, what a scene. What what I love about the Jason stuff is that it's not like they, they make it a point. Obviously that four scene mm-hmm. plays and it is, it is a moment, but it's not, also like not in your face. Like he's not no. like all of a sudden lifting rocks or mm-hmm. like doing anything crazy. He's literally just listening. And it, it's just, it's wild to me that they can make something so th- like thematically, like important and momentous and rousing while also being subtle with the actual powers and what's actually going on. It, it, it's making something great out of very little. And I don't know, I, I just found that special because especially with like, whether it's child actors or, or just <laughs> children who have the force, whether it be Ezra sometimes when he's a little younger in that first season, obviously little Annie and Phantom Menace, like it, they can get just like a little brash or annoying. And I love that Jason, it, it, he's his own character. And he's he's just kind of there. He just has these feelings, and he's like, "Mom, just freaking listen to me." And I don't know. It, it just felt like a special moment, and it, it it's that animation thing. It's it's like we we're not just throwing these characters out because hey, it's Kanan Jarrus' son, which is cool, of course. But it's like no, like there, there's something more to him. He he's his own character, and I love that. Okay, jumping back into it, we get the Looney Tunes bridge slice. Uh, yeah, Ahsoka <laughs> Falls. 
She lands in this place covered in orange fog. It's quite, you can't mm. really see. And then she comes into focus and, well, it's not the Ahsoka that we just saw. It is a young, little tiny Ahsoka played by Ariana Greenblatt of Avengers Infinity War fame. She played young Gamora and she was just in the Barbie movie. This girl is racking up credits. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and then it starts to happen and it starts to dawn on you what is really going on. Clones start running out of the dust. It is a Clone Wars flashback. It becomes immediately apparent, especially when Anakin shows up wearing the Clone Wars armor that everyone has wanted to see Hayden Christensen in. And this is the second time I freaked out. I was so excited. It's one of their first missions with Anakin. She is so tiny. I think it is... I think people looked at it specifically one of the, like from the Clone Wars movie. Teth. Um, They're on Teth. Yeah, Teth, which is very cool. Um, Anakin's in his armor. It's beautiful. It's stunning. Ahsoka is seeing all of the loss and everything for the very first time here, but it is also Rosario's Ahsoka, but it isn't clear if this conversation is like being had outside of that time or like, like Ahsoka is definitely aware of what is going on. Mm-hmm. It's unclear if this Anakin is aware of like, what is going on um she's very distraught by all the loss why are we doing this and anakin gives her the his first lesson as her master which is that jedi make mistakes they're imperfect and people are gonna die and a lot of people are gonna die she doesn't know about that she's really unsure about how to feel about that and that is kind of when we start to set in line what it makes to be a great master, which is what we leave Ahsoka with by the end of this episode. And what it is to be a great master is to, to teach you everything I know so you don't make the same mistakes as me. <clears throat> Am I correct in saying it? Like, I, Klein, I think you couldn't have said it better. Okay. I have so many different interpretations of the lesson, to be honest. It's true. There, that, there, there's been my many favorite, interpretations. Like, I, this is my favorite Filoniism. Is it's like, oh, you can interpret this. It's it's, it's great it's, filmmaking, dude. Yes, like, exactly. Like Inception, we've been interpreting it for years. And then after, what, uh, 13 years, he's like, well, this is how I meant it. But I love that nobody knows. And, and really, it means it. what he means for it to be is nothing to do with what everyone thinks it is. And that's beautiful filmmaking. Really quick, they actually, <clears throat> when she starts running with the green lightsaber and then it goes through the fog and she disappears and then it opens up we go from teth to ryloth because it goes from purple mist we get an audio cue of like uh i watched this three times to make sure i wasn't wrong and it becomes orange and then we go and it's an entirely different color palette the cinema (laughs) (laughs) is very good it's like this whole this is everything everyone could have wanted. Um, one very quick note I will say about all of this with the fog is this was definitely shot in the volume. And for the first time in the history of the volume, I'm going to say I thought it looked fantastic. They need to do more. Mm-hmm. If this was actually on the volume, which I'm assuming it was, do mm-hmm. more of this. Fill that room with smoke. Fill that room with fog. Like that, it looked it looked so good. Um, and I loved every set. Yeah, Jack? Well... Klein, you have one. I think that there's one more little note here about this flashback, but then I do want to talk about the flashback. Um, okay, but can you, I quickly throw to, it in? Please do. The coolest fucking shot in all of Star Wars ever. <laughs> Anakin walks away. There's a big <laughs> flash of light, and you get a quick, very brief glimpse of him as Vader, and is back to Anakin, and it is just cinema. 
are sin like that, that, that is just, cinema, is, man. <laughs> it is so cool. Okay, Jack, what do you want to say? Well, I, I really wanted you to hit that home because me watching these flashbacks and sitting on that couch, I, I thought about this afterward. Like it's like an outer body experience. I could see myself flashing back to my eight-year-old self on the couch yeah. watching Clone Wars when these flashbacks were happening and then flashing back to my older self. I just thought about the crazy, like, God, here we are all these years it's later. It's so cool. It's so um, cool. But, but yeah, look, what you talked about, Klein, with the lesson, I, I will, we'll touch on the overall lesson that Ahsoka needed to learn, I guess, later um, when, <laughs> when the <laughs> sequence is over with Anakin. But I love laying the groundwork because I don't think if I like, I guess my interpretation is I I don't think that these scenes that we watched here like actually happened, but they're a version of, of real conversations that they had. Because if you go back to that Clone Wars episode, Storm Over Ryloth, this was the conversation. She led a, a group of clones in ships uh, into an attack and she disobeyed orders from Anakin. And because of that, she lost so many different clones. And she's talking about how hard that is and how she made this mistake. And he's saying, and, and it, I think it's tough for Anakin to communicate this at times to, to someone who's a lot younger than him. But it's just like, you, you just have to keep pushing forward. Like you can't, you can't give up. And I love mm-hmm. that they're laying the seeds of that. And that moment when she's like, is this all I'll have to teach my Padawan someday? I was like, oh, I, I don't even know if I have like any interpretation or analysis on that. I just sat back and was like, oh, wow. Oh, like that, there was so I much do. weight and gravitas to that line. And I, for, I forget the actress's name. She delivered it perfectly. Ariana Greenblatt. Yeah. Oh, Remember queen. the name. Remember I have- the name. I have a lot to talk about this little section, but I think most of it can wait till the end of yeah. the flashback sequences. But one thing I do want to say, um, Jack, is that Padawan line, I think, is very key because her instinct is to have a Padawan. Her instinct is mm. to become a Jedi Knight. And like, that's what you do. Become a Jedi Knight, then... You get a Padawan, and then maybe someday you might become a Jedi Master on the Council. You can become a Jedi Master once your Padawan uh, becomes a Jedi Knight. That's the lore of the Jedi. Um, And so I think that's her natural instincts kicking in, which is the first time she's ever really mentioned the word Padawan with any kind of positivity. Um, I think she says uh, something to us to Sabine in the first episode or second episode, like take us out of here, Padawan and like a little smirk on her face. But she, you can tell there's something behind that. Um, And I want to hit some quotes really quick right here. Uh, I said the, the big one at the beginning of the show for the cold open. But the second part of that is uh, Ahsoka replies to Anakin, the whole, you know, we're a part of a legacy. He, uh, she says, my part of the legacy is death and war. That's a direct repeat of what Balin Skull said last week, if I'm not mistaken, while they're fighting each other. I think he said death and destruction, but it's the, yeah, yeah. like it's so, like, like, again, now wait, man, like, oh. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to so, have those lines come out and like, you know, Ahsoka's character and you know that everything she was doing in the Clone Wars era um, ultimately results in her leaving uh, and yeah. having that context now and seeing these things like it's, Obviously, this is like Rosario's Ahsoka kind of going back in time. But just knowing that, it's like, wow, like I'm sure conversations like this were had. I'm sure that the yeah. seeds were being laid way further out. Um, those seeds of doubt. It, it's just it's 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 immaculate. Jack, what's up? 
what I love about the the idea of these flashbacks being, and I know we have another one to get to, but just laying this here of that line with, that Balin said to her was, your legacy is one of death and destruction. Here are the flashbacks in a way kind of proving that like, or at least proving his perspective. Like this is his entire point of view and that's, what's troubling her. And again, that's what's troubling her and holding her back from really passing on her own legacy to her Padawan because she's like, is this, is this all I have to offer? And then we'll get to the Anakin of it all. Like, is that all I have to offer too is what he taught me and look how he turned out. It, I, it's so essential and it didn't really dawn on me until later of like, the audience, especially those who aren't Clone Wars fans, they need to see this because you hear Ahsoka and people think, oh, that's the animated character, fun. Yeah, like, you know, like you kind of think of her as this embodiment of light and good, but like you have to see, in order to truly understand Balin's character, you have to see where he's coming from and that's exactly what these flashbacks do. Yeah. Um, she's just a traumatized little girl. She's traumatized at a very early age. So young. And she at a certain point kind of closes up as someone might do and has healing to be done. And that's what these are doing. Um, and we'll get to this a little bit later. I'm going to tee you up now, but I'll come back to it. Jack, the emotional response to war between Anakin and Ahsoka are vastly different. And oh, you would expect oh, that yeah. from an adult and a child. So uh, Klein, we need to continue on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, Carson and the New Republic troops, Hera included, they continue their search. Hera tells Huyang their mission was not approved by the New Republic. And Huyang talks talks to Hera about Ahsoka's master. Uh, What was he like? Intense. Which... Yes, that is that is one way to put it. <laughs> Jason checks in and say uh, checks in saying that Chopper might have found something they need to get real low. We then go back to the world between worlds. Ahsoka is now a little older. We're in a new flashback. It looks to be mm. final season of Clone Wars, and it definitely is. It is the Siege of Mandalore. <clears throat> we get Maul Mandos. It is so cool. It is like this is awesome. This se- season seven of uh, Clone Wars is my favorite Star Wars tv thing and just like oh mm-hmm. to see this in real life was so good uh, anakin tells her about how that she is more than war and death she doesn't really believe him she pulls the saber again and this mm. time anakin's is red he starts swinging on this kid she's got the two sabers now knocks her back back onto the world between world bridge where we started at they fight. We get another flash of Vader here, um, and his eyes are all yellow as well at this point. So he's like full on, like Vadery, Vadery, doing Vader things. Then, um, Ahsoka grabs his saber, drops it off the edge. Rosario's back. She says, "I choose to live." Anakin turns uh, from Vader back into Anakin. Eyes turn black to or back to white. And he says, there's hope for you yet. Anakin disappears. The bridge dissolves and water begins to rise around Ahsoka almost as if, you know, if only there's some must be something in the like religion or something where like you get covered in water and like come out a changed person. But like, I don't know what that is. But anyways, um, waterboarding. But um, yeah, (laughs) yep. (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely what it is. <laughs> um, We're gonna piss um, a lot so of people off with that one. 
so sorry. Uh, no, uh, no, I'm not. Um, oh my god. <laughs> uh, I guess Ahsoka wakes under the waves of Setos. She gets rescued by a new Republic ship, and we'll stop here for a brief moment. And I thought the episode was over here. I thought when I thought I was like, oh man, wow, that's it. That's, it that was awesome. Felt like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So basically, the second flashback and everything. Jesus. Just wow, wow, oh wow, Thomas. What was it like seeing the world of Mandalore yet again? Second time this year. Second time this year in almost as bad of a shape. Uh, th- this this was. I, I I literally I think this is the part where I stood up and ran around the house because I'd wait. This was a sporting event for me. This whole episode. This is the type of reaction where if we were in a theater, it's on the theater experience level of in game. I couldn't no have imagined home. being in one of those fan yeah. screenings. Like so, this would have been nuts. This this would have been the greatest thing of all time for sure if we saw it in a theater together. So uh, once I realized that, like, oh, I was like, oh, Moldalorian, and then she does something with a blue saber and go, oh my god, it's the siege of fucking Mandalore. And then we're going, and I think she does a very specific... In fact, if I'm not mistaken, she does a move that she was taught by Anakin in Tales of the Jedi. I think not so. the Not the 360 rotation, but a full spin into a double yeah. slash. <laughs> um, I The fight choreography here is so fucking good throughout this whole episode. I'm going to get to it a little bit later. Um, well, in a little... In, right after I say the rest of yeah, the shit. I was going to say, get but, to it now. No, we're no, done no, the flashbacks. There's but, not much uh, later. We we I love the interaction between both versions of Ahsoka and Anakin. Um, beautiful acting from all three: Ariana, Rosario, and Hayden. the The chemistry between all three is it's palpable. You can feel it. You can see it with your eyeballs. Um, and the way that Greenblatt plays young Ahsoka, but with old Ahsoka's mind inside of her is it's it's uncanny how good that is and uh she plays a traumatized little girl really well and then she has her moment of uh aged wisdom jack you had something well i just wanted to add to the chemistry bit like just because you have lines of dialogue that imply history in uh, history with someone, love for someone, uh, friendship with someone doesn't mean you're actually, that's actually going to come across in the scene. And that's just a testament to how good the acting is from, from all three of them. Like you said, Thomas, they, they took what was on the page, but truly brought it to life. Not for one second. This was the first time we were seeing live action Anakin with live action Ahsoka, but not for one second did it feel like this was the first time we were watching them together. Like it did the very first moment in last week when we saw him like on screen for the first time. Sure. But beyond that, it's like, no, like these are two people that like I've I, like I've grown up with. There, that, That's when the lines between animation and live action just completely blurred and it's just all one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the the lesson that we will get to a little bit later, because there's there's still some more to be done here because um, she hasn't fully grasped or I guess taken action after learning the lesson yet in the episode. So I'll cover it then. I think like the, she yeah, it is, I just it meant, is, she is now a soak of the white. Yes. But uh, the full lesson that I have, the two that I have, the two main interpretations will make more sense after she takes some action. 
So I'm going to cover it then. But uh, it really hammers home the lesson of how young she is in these, how little she is. Anakin sounds like Matt Lanter a bit at different times while wearing the armor. Um, he looks amazing in the Clone Wars armor. It's easily my favorite live action version of Anakin that I've ever seen. His hair is fucking perfect. And the best part is that is Hayden Christensen's regular hair. Like they got it spot on in the animation to look like him. So that's very exciting. Um, the Ahsoka shot on Mandalore uh, from behind is reminiscent to the shot at the very end of that saw of that siege of those episodes where she's looking at all the dead clone helmets or all the clone helmets. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like paying homage to it in live action. And uh, I absolutely love how Anakin tapped into the dark side. And then at the end, when he needed to, he controlled his way back to the light. And I don't think that's done for imagery sake. Like, Oh, well, of course he's dead. He can do that. no, that is what true balance is. You can tap into the purest of light and you can tap into the purest, the blackest of darkness and come back to the middle. And that I believe is what makes him. And I think we can end this fucking discussion ever for once and for all. That's what makes him the chosen one is his strength and ability to do that. I feel like if he had been taught by Qui-Gon how to balance that a little bit better, it wouldn't have hurt so bad. And he still probably would have had that Sith energy, those eyes, all of that, and then can take it back to good because he has moments of that. And we've seen it in live action and in animation of him being Darth Vader and then a quick moment of blue coming back to his eyes and then boom, it's gone because you can't ever really kill that energy that's inside of you. Um, um, one quick side note off of Anakin really quick. All the flashbacks take place on the origin planet of our characters as we know them uh, our three rebel leads excuse me teth that's ahsoka ryloth that's hera mandalore that's sabine and it's done in sequential order of, of their age as best i can tell love that cute little note um and then when it comes to the fight choreography anakin's style of fight changes at different points when he needs it to be the most and it's what i also recognize is he he starts off really calm like you would with a padawan uh challenging pushing pressing but not going too all out then the next time we see him he's fighting he's on the defensive and he's moving it super swift like we've seen him doing it but then they go back to fighting again and once he turns that red saber on he hits with a little bit of strong energy and then when he, she's an adult He's full on Darth Vader. His his walk changes, his gait changes, the way he moves his arms changes, the intensity behind it all changes. And the story that we're seeing here is, okay, I'm teaching you a lesson. It's like, you're not, you're not quite getting the lesson. So let me teach you a <laughs> way. Okay. You know what? Let's go back to the beginning. Choose now live or die. And in this moment, I, I love the shot. You pointed out Klein, my favorite shot. And it's because it comes with a specific note of production is when he walks out, he does the the big like, I'm here to fight. We get a quick lightning out of nowhere and he turns to Darth Vader and cuts back to him. He does the arms again and says, you lack conviction. And it's Hayden's voice. 
It's James Earl Jones' voice, and they're blended together with the power of the Force, uh, which is a... I mean, it's a power that you can project your voice in a different way, kind of the Obi-Wan crate dragon call. Ooh. And the way that they do that on top of the way he fights, doing the same exact moves he does to Obi-Wan is cinema. Dave Filoni gets Star Wars on a level that I don't think anybody truly does. And I feel like we should all be super grateful that we get this because we get it in words, we get it in facial expressions, and we also get it in the fight choreography where Hayden has lost zero steps. He looks like he's better than ever with the lightsaber, and he definitely looks like he's learned some new moves with certain uh, certain twirls he does. He's got the classic one, but he does a couple different things that I don't remember seeing before. Um, I feel like I have a lot more to say, but let me <laughs> Back really quick uh, i'll get to my production notes later um because they're amazing yeah i have an ahsoka the white note but uh, we're in the flashbacks right now jack shut me up shut up there you go that was okay. me shutting thomas up <laughs> um i got i had so many thoughts about that entire thing number one I, no, 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 no. It's okay because I was going to start off here. Number one, I didn't even think about the idea of using Anakin's eyes and, and him switching back and forth. I, I understood it in the sense of him using that to further ingrain the lesson um, to Ahsoka, mm -hmm. but I didn't think about the idea of, of that being the force ghost spirit of Anakin or whatever you want to call it and him being able to perfectly toe that line of balance between the light and the dark. So Great little note there. I didn't even occur to me. Um, I, I just to go back real quick. I, I didn't mention it, but with the with the initial Clone Wars flashbacks and the clones, that's like my biggest gripe is that. Oh yeah. Some of that production around that, in terms of the volume and stuff, I thought it all looked great. But some of the costumes and stuff, it, it goes back to feeling a little fan filmy, and I don't know if that's because of just the lower budget, the TV budget, or if it's actually in terms of like some of the choices that made that they made in terms of the production design. I I don't know. But um, that, that, that was just when I was watching the first time, it just it kind of bothered me. I'm like, eh, like, OK, OK, like forget about that because there's actual like good. Sh there's good shit happening on the screen at the same time. Um, but like I, the, the extras playing the clones I, were, were not my favorite. Um, but the Mandalorians going to the next flashback looked phenomenal and the sound effects. You could hear the the Django mm. Fett blaster like it has that very specific like twinge of noise like, i don't even know how to describe it but it, it it's like bow, like it, it sounds so different from a normal blaster um they looked great i guess see i'm gonna talk about ahsoka's lesson here because this is a thing like when i was watching the first time i don't think i was able to fully appreciate what i was watching on screen because i was so caught up in trying to interpret what was happening to her and what the point of all this was and i after talking talking out with Nathan Johnson, friend of the show and Thomas, uh, in our Twitter DMS last night, we, we went back and forth a lot and each of us with our different interpretations of, of what the overall point of this was and the idea of live or die. And for me, I guess it's just something that I it didn't really occur to me of just how much she was traumatized 
not just by Anakin becoming Vader, but specifically fighting him on in Malachor. Cause like mm-hmm. we never really got to see the fallout from that. She, so she gets saved by Ezra in season four, goes in the world between worlds, goes back out. And then all of a sudden we see her in the Mandalorian and we never really saw the fallout of that. I just assume that she, you know what? She came out with more knowledge. She knows Anakin fell. And then by Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett, she knows that he turned because Luke is there and the galaxy was saved and all that. But it was like, I guess I underrated it in my head of like, she was really traumatized and and still haunted by the fact that he became Vader. And that's why it's that line of like, you are like, basically you are all of me. Like everything, mm. I, I'm teaching you everything. I'm giving you everything that I am. And all she can think of is like, if you're passing that all down to me, like, do you know what your legacy was? Like and and I love that moment where he's like, "Is that what this is about?" Oh, you mean the fact that you killed a bunch of younglings and like literally blew up billions of people and all this stuff? Yeah, Anakin, that's what we're talking about. Like, I love the fact that he brushed it off. Like it was like, "Come on, girl." It's like, no, you did some horrible shit. But it, it's, uh, I'm just gonna read this word for word because my I don't think my brain can take just saying it. Thomas wanted me to read this um, in some form or fashion, so I'm gonna read what I wrote to him and Nathan of how I interpreted. Her lesson. I said, I think she's traumatized by Vader and he's haunting her in this quote unquote legacy she's passing on to Sabine. And because of, she's haunted by that, she's doubting. That's what that's what's really holding her back. That's probably why she never trusted Sabine to go save her family on Mandalore. That's why she left her in the first place, because she is uncertain. She She's this almost like cloud of depression that is just reigning over everyone's parade, including herself. And if she's passing on all that legacy that and all that Anakin was and taught her, to Sabine, she's thinking that she might also be passing on the worst of him. But he makes her confront his legacy, basically saying, this is who I am. This is who I became. That's when he turns into Vader. You see the yellow eyes. You have to confront it. The The question is, how will you respond? Will you let it cripple you like you have been? Or are you going to learn from it, push forward, and grow beyond what I ever was? And that's exactly what you said earlier, Klein. You kind of put it in a much simpler way, this idea that like, like if I'm all of you, all she can focus on is the baddies. Like, no, I'm teaching you all of what I am and passing on all my knowledge. So then you can become something more and, and learn from my mistakes. And I just, I love that idea. And it's, it's like, it's a lesson I never would have thought Ahsoka would have had to learn going into this show. But then you start seeing how stoic she is and how, you know, she's really, she's holding back all her emotions. She's closed off and you're like, what's happening. And it just all climaxes here. And I, the moment of realization when I finally got it, cause it was hard to get like Matt Remke mentioned it on the direct podcast. Like, and I actually, there was someone else I heard that was like really trying to understand it. Like it's kind of a struggle to understand thematically what's happening in these scenes. But once it clicks, it's just like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. And then you get on to what happens after, which we'll hopefully get to at some point. Like, and she becomes Ahsoka the white and everything changes. The lighting changes her, her spirit as a whole changes. And it's like, God, like I, I feel so complete, but her journey is not complete because we still got to get back to Sabine and I'll stop there. I would like to carry the torch and then I'm going <laughs> to kick it to Klein with a very important question, uh, which I think he's already answered. But fuck it. I want to confirm Con- confirmation is very important. We've all seen Oppenheimer. Um, so <laughs> my interpretation of the lesson, it's slightly different today than it was last night, but um I think I can combine them into being a yin and yang version of the same thing. Um, I think the lesson 
is to accept reality as it is. Uh, radical acceptance is the lesson. And I, I say that because I was listening to a podcast on my way home and I watch it. I'm like, oh my God, like this is it. I, I tried to put it in a certain way last night, but radical acceptance is the lesson. You have to accept what you cannot control and what you can control. And really quick, mm, failure. Mm, the biggest lesson of uh, failure is that is a great that's exactly what he's trying to teach her from his perspective of course but she has to learn how to accept reality to let go of the past to embrace the force for a better future um by showing ahsoka like they're showing ahsoka that her guilt her fear and her trauma are holding her back she's really not living at all and anakin's point with the war stuff is to fight uh, to live is to fight and to fight for good. So I really love that. And I look at it also in another way is she has been avoiding a real future. She's chosen not to live. She's in hiding. She's not training anyone. She ran away from her Padawan. Like she took one Sabine only to abandon her for what cause, for what reason? Um, and at the end of the day, she had to find her way back to herself. To stop fighting is to give up and to ultimately die. So the fact that she chooses that, and we'll get this a little bit in further. She talks about a Padawan. I think she chose Sabine because she's not force sensitive, because it's easier, because she's afraid that she'll pass on the dark side because of what she learned about Anakin. And to be fair, he taught her how to kill. Like she knew how to defend and be a peacekeeper, but he taught her how to kill, taught her specific maneuvers to protect herself via fighting to kill. And that is so important to remember. And I think that's what her purpose for taking on Sabine is. But now that she's seen how to conquer that darkness and how to teach both sides of it to find that balance, Jason which I'll dive into a little bit later once we wrap up this whole thing, is a very big, big piece of the puzzle that I don't think anyone expected. I didn't expect this. Um, Klein, I believe you've answered this question, and I think Jack just repeated it. You've repeated, you've said what you think the lesson is, correct? Yeah, that I think okay. that the, the a... A master, a mentor, a teacher, whatever, should give you everything they know. So it's the it's the whole, so you don't mm -hmm. make this, learn about history so you don't make the same mistakes as history. I'm going to yes. teach you everything so you can take it good and bad. And, mm -hmm. and, and then you know everything I know and you can build upon that and be better and pass that down. And they can make the mistakes that you make because you're going to make mistakes. Your learner can do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I, lo I love yeah. it. This is this is one of my favorite things about this episode is there are so many different interpretations to every little thing. Um, and I'm not going to dive into it now. I might end a little bit later, but I, um, the world between worlds, there's a thing called the life between lives. Um, and that is how, a journey of your soul after death before your next incarnation. And the world between worlds is very much, I think, symbolism for that. And the fact that there are doorways to different dimensions, different realities, and you can change things because of it. 
I just want to say one more thing about the world between worlds specifically. I said it so many times either before the show started and since the show started, Dave Filoni is the best at introducing weird force shit and not explaining it because it doesn't need to be explained. There there were people I watched react to this episode that were like, oh, wow, they didn't explain like how she got here. Was she, she go through a portal? Did Anakin pull her out? You, you don't need it. Like, it, you know what? It just is what it is. Deal with it. And and to to their credit, no one was like mad that it didn't get explained. But like, I like that's, that's just, that's, that's what makes the force mystical is the lack of explanation. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like trying to explain what the soul is to somebody, you're going to do it wrong. Trying to right. explain how something happened. You're going to do it wrong. Um, the world between worlds might literally be the center of a person's mind and soul. Like it could be that explained in that way, which is then even more confusing. And that's what I love <laughs> about this shit. Um, because I, I could, I could argue every force vision that's ever happened happened because of the world between worlds. I think it can be a great many things. Mmm. Yes. Pizza hut. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Do we have an episode to finish here? Do you have any thoughts? So Ahsoka, where were we? Ahsoka gets picked up under the waves of Cetos, is rescued by a New Republic ship. We then go back to Jason and Chopper. He sees the ghost fly over with Ahsoka on board. We got her, Chop. And that was like, I just like punched myself in the arm as, as that happened. I was like, yeah, we did. We got her. Awesome. The sun then hits Ahsoka's weird face without her headpiece, and it was very uncomfortable for everyone involved. She awakes aboard the ghost. <laughs> Hu Yang greets her. Jason saved her, he says, and Hu Yang shows her that the map has been destroyed. Jason says she heard or he heard Ahsoka fighting, and Hera tells Hu Yang to show Jason the inside of Ahsoka's ship, basically going, Get out of here, kid. I've got we the grown-ups gotta talk for a second. Hera asks Ahsoka where Sabine went. Ahsoka senses to see maybe like give me the map to see if there was a force imprint on the map. She holds it and she feels something. She hears everything that happened between Sabine and Balin after she'd fallen off the cliff. They are gone. Carson then alerts Hera that the fleet is coming and it is not to help them. As Ahsoka thinks of what to do, what she might, how how they can get out of this situation, she hears the call of the purple and the clouds begin to part. We look up to the sky and what do we see? A whole pack of space whales is up there hanging out. Hera then talks to Mon Mothma. They have no evidence of really anything that has gone on and the fleet are pissed. Um, Ahsoka comes back to the ship and tells Hera, I know how to follow Sabine. I need a diversion. Okay. In the air, Hera and Huyang are skeptical of Ahsoka's plan, but they aren't revealing what Ahsoka's plan is to us yet. We then get Ahsoka smiling. And I have written down here, this is Ahsoka. She smiles. This is the charismatic That's not what it that we says. all know and love. Say it with say, your chest. This is fucking Ahsoka, is what I said. <laughs> um, because it is. Like, this is really, really... One of my biggest complaints so far has been that Rosario's Ahsoka is this stoic character and she's been through a lot and I do get it. I just like the last time I saw her was at the end of Clone Wars and that version of Ahsoka was a little more charismatic, although at the very end of Clone Wars, it was kind of depressing. So <laughs> Just a little depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like this is you start to see that 
that all those walls have been built up over years break down. I'm hoping one day to get through to Thomas in that way and his emotional walls will break down. We can finally (laughs) have him bear it all on the podcast. Um, The Purgle then arrive and Ahsoka goes, hold up, watch this and hands uh, a Coors Light (laughs) to Hu Yang that she was sipping on. Um, As in my headcanon, that's what happened. She was like, let me... Let let the brother cook over here, okay? Ahsoka steps out onto the wing of the ship. The fleet jump in a seat of space, so they're up there. Ahsoka's down on the planet, still on the side of the ship. Carson's stalling, doing the best. He's just like, yeah, I don't know. We can't. I can't let you through until the mission's done. They're like, well, there is no mission. He's like, yeah, but I can't let you through until the mission's done, <laughs> um, which I just love. Um, I love that so much. And Ahsoka... What does she do? She does her best Finding Nemo, her best Dory impression, and she tries speaking whale, baby. She <laughs> reaches her hand out, and the plan is to go in the whale. She is going full it's Jonah on us. shit! They are going inside the whale. That's another biblical reference for you today. That's two, if we're counting. <laughs> um, the other one was waterboarding. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so they go into the whale, Hera's like, yep, they made it. We're good. Carson's like, okay, guys, sorry. Like, he explains everything. And the lady on the New Republic ship is like, she's going to what? And meanwhile, the fleet moves out of the way. The Purgle leave the planet. And Kevin Kiner goes off. There is choirs. There are strings. There are horns. It is beautiful. So it good. Is amazing. This man, I don't know what award he should have. Just all of them. Like, it doesn't even matter if if he's eligible for them. Because, like, this is musical Star Wars perfection, and I love it so much. Um, Hera is not coming. She goes, you know, they're in a galaxy far, far away. We can't go. Jason's young. Uh, he's He's got math homework he's got to do his times tables whatever (laughs) (laughs) and the purgles start to power up they get these blue little tentacles and it's like cool to see them do that because they don't like we didn't really Mm -hmm. we saw them jump in rebels but i didn't really see them power up like that they make the jump as Hera says to ahsoka may the force be with you and that is the end of episode five created by dave filoni written by dave filoni directed by dave filoni (laughs) Claps all around. Thank you very much, Mr. Dave, Mr. Filoni, because you nailed it. You did it. Jack, I'll go to Look, you first. What's I just up? Have to What's say, going on? <laughs> I have to say, when when they confronted that whale, that purple. It's a big I, one. I started thinking about finding Nemo. And I said as much to my sister. Because one of our things that we've always done, our, one of our favorite, I feel like just scenes that we, we love to um, quote is when Dory goes, oh, maybe he's humpback. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like so aggressive. And we both did that like right away. And then like, I swear if they pull a Finding Nemo and then the mouth opens and like shut the hell up he says it's time to let go everything's gonna be okay i just i started quoting nemo <laughs> i just started <laughs> quoting the movie um oh god i felt that it was like such a payoff a weird payoff i was not expecting from dave filoni um this whole ending i guess once ahsoka wakes up the, the first half of this episode felt like a mix of just straight prequels and clone wars the second half of this episode felt exactly like rebels 
I mean, we're, yeah. we're back into the rebels. The of best it. Like, of rebels. I, it like it yes. felt like it. This felt this to me is on the level of like the 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 mall stuff with rebels. The twin sun stuff of rebels. The Kane and Jer sacrifice stuff. Like yeah. the, yeah. the absolute top tier mm-hmm. best of the best. Uh, Dave Filoni animation. It's just it, like it's it is. I didn't know I needed it, and it could be so silly on paper. She's gonna hold her hand yeah. out and talk to the whale. It's amazing. This, it's so this good. This felt like an epilogue of this episode, and it honestly reminded me of um, the end of season two of Rebels, where like after they leave Malachor, they think Ahsoka's dead, and you just get this great montage of everyone kind of reacting to what happened. Ezra's starting to open up the the Sith holocron, and mm. Kevin Kiner's just going off. It's just so good, and then that's exactly what this reminded me of. This whole—it's not necessarily a montage, but like you're, this whole sequence of the whales flying out, and you feel renewed. You feel like you have hope, and it, it's similar to Empire, where we kind of went through this traumatic thing, but we, we, at the end of the day, we still have hope. We're still looking to this greater horizon, and. It's also, it's so energizing because they're going to a new galaxy and we have no idea what to expect in that moment when Ahsoka's in there and they're like, so I, who, who Yang says something about like knowing where Sabine is. She's like, I have no idea, but, but like, you know, let's find out. Like, like yeah. and he's like, what are you kidding? She's like, no, like it's better than going nowhere. And it's like, yeah, it's what you That's said, Klein. Ahsoka's back and it's Ahsoka the White. And it, it feels like that character that we all know and love, but also it feels like a, a renewed a renewed Ahsoka, uh, like mm-hmm. an enlightened Ahsoka, because this idea that she was struggling with this uh, many demons, but specifically the demon of Anakin turning to Vader and, and the legacy of all that, and him making her confront that demon and say, Can you overcome basically what I couldn't, at least what he couldn't initially overcome, which was this idea of choosing life or death and letting that demon in, in your in your dreams, your nightmares cripple you. Um, and the future, what you think the future could be, cripple you. Um, and and she does what he couldn't, and says, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to live." And God, damn, you feel her. You, she feels alive finally. Like mm. like the, the I choose to live is like it's like holy crap. Like you feel it when she goes out to hug Jason, and and even yes. the moment when she's feeling the force echoes of Sabine, it's 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 different. It's not the stoicness of like, oh my God, that. Like I feel like if this was the first couple episodes, she would have been like, God damn it, Sabine, what is your problem? Why are you doing all this mm-hmm. shit wrong? Now she's just concerned because this person she loves so much is in trouble. And and she's definitely in a bad space mentally and she needs to go help. And I just I this whole the lighting of everything, it, it felt so mm-hmm. white and and just it, it was filled with light. And I, I felt filled with light watching it. And I still do. Like every time I rewatch it and the whales, the purgle, it's rebels, it's star Wars. Fuck you, Dave Filoni. You're the best. I want to talk on the empire ending. Cause I just thought of something at the very end of empire. Didn't they say something about like, we'll find him. Doesn't yeah. Doesn't Lando say we'll find him. Don't yeah, worry. Or we'll, we'll get him back from, you know, the job of the yeah, hut. Something and like blah, blah, that. Blah. And yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, they do that. They do that here. It's like, I'll find him. I promise. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. know. Like that is straight up Empire Strikes Back. So I, I it just popped in my head while you were saying that. Um, the tone of the show completely changes after the baptism, right? Like like we've talked about. Oh, that's music. what it was. That's yeah. what I was looking for. <laughs> There's well, the word. The, it's like Matt Reeves is the Batman. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> it's November seventh. 
The city's underwater. <laughs> um, it's it's September twelfth. The world between worlds is underwater. Um, the energy on the screen from the characters, like everybody, looks more hopeful after that. And I just I don't know. I've seen it twice, and it just feels like at that point. And, and this is gonna go back really fast to that prediction that this episode is the fucking fulcrum of the series. And that point, the baptism is when the fulcrum tips the other way, because I love me some physics. So I love, I I mean, we're basically taking a trebuchet where it's like, we're slowly rising. We're slowly rising. Bam. Now we're shotgunning forward into another galaxy. And I love that. I love seeing the characters interact in a different way. And I feel like, until this episode, there wasn't a lot of positivity and hope really going on. There's a lot of sarcasm. There's a lot of snippiness here and there, but it's from Sabine. Fuck yeah. Love that. Love that queen. But this episode, everything from Jason is pure, unadulterated hope. It is the definition of Star Wars. And um, it's going to suck when he gets murdered by Kylo Ren. Absolutely. But <laughs> I don't. Well, you know what? Here we go. I don't think he's going to get murdered by Kylo Ren because I don't think he goes and trains with Luke. I think we get a lone wolf cub style training from Ahsoka because she's not a Jedi, but she can teach him the ways of balance, which I don't think Luke is so much worried about now. He's like, I'm going to teach them in the light side and avoid the dark side because he doesn't understand what the lesson is. Ahsoka's reaction to Jason being there is like her actual reaction is intrigue and um, possibility, especially when he says, I heard you fighting. You did. Yeah. With the lightsabers, who were you fighting? And she just like, she's like smiling, like, yeah, like a kid. And then she's like, Oh, Oh, but it like, she wakes up and it's like, Jason's here. Hmm interesting there's so much going on in her head in that moment and i love that because now she's pondering a true force sensitive padawan which shows her growth because she's a silk of the white and now she's her og personality she's emotionally set back to reset and one thing i thought of while you were talking and we were were working our way around the word baptism we see in this episode two baptisms for her her baptism by fire as a Padawan, because she's a youngling until that moment. She becomes a Padawan. It's a baptism by fire. You want to listen to any book, read a book, read a comic set in that time period of the Clone Wars. Every Padawan, Barris Afi, goes through struggles. Is Katakaris. Shout out to my people who read the Red uh, Rise of the Red Blade. They are like, this is fucking wrong. This is not what we're supposed to be doing. And the ones who really get into it are the ones who like to kill. They become someone like Balin Skull, right? They they become Pong fucking forearm Krell. But her baptism by fire led her down a path where she just shut herself off. She looked Skywalker at herself. And the baptism of water is her being reborn as a Jedi. Because you see it in her, her energy. And when she smiles, like she smirked at times in this episode, but when she smiles and she's sitting on there, like, come on, like go inside. And he's like, you should probably come inside. And she looks over and she looks at him like, but I don't want to like, do I got to dad Huang? Like, come on. And I love that. So fucking much. Cause like we're back. Ahsoka's back guys. 
and I think going forward, utilizing the trebuchet into the world between uh, into the other galaxy on our way back, there's certain things from Jason that I think are peak Star Wars. It's things we as fans would say. Um, you have a you have a training room on your ship. Yeah. Will you train me? No. No. Do you know how to make a lightsaber? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Will you teach me how to make one? No. No. Like I, I'm cackling. I had to pause it because I couldn't stop laughing. Because I'm like, what's what's Sahara gonna ask? And I'm like, that's us. Like Jason is us, and the like the smile he has, and just the touches of the force. Kid's going places. Kid is going places, and don't forget, he's a lot. Let me rephrase. Someone who dr drives the ghost ship is alive at the end of Rise of Skywalker. So in certain amount of years, they're still kicking on that ship. I think that's Jason. I think he's force sensitive and he's doing what he has to do best to go in there and do that. Maybe Hera's still alive. Maybe Ahsoka's on that ship with him. And so when it comes time that Ray's asking for help down on the ground, Ahsoka's literally above her talking to her through the force with all these dead folks. What if? That'd be wild. That's crazy. What if God. we jump back? Like, we jump back from the galaxy and a bunch of time has passed. Hmm. So much time has passed that the Mandoverse movie. What if we jump back and like the ghost ship is in Rise of Skywalker? Mandoverse movie, rest of the Mandoverse after Rise of Skywalker. You're gonna break David's brain with that because like <laughs> he can't. He I don't. I, he can't I don't think that. that. I don't think that could happen. No. But like, what? I don't think so either. But holy shit! <laughs> now, I love that. I love that. I heard on this is the Waycast today. They were talking about time dilations like that, and I'm like, mm. I love it. I love me a good time query. Um, but gonna, I think it's I'm gonna, gonna hurt gonna be... some people very quickly when we're talking uh -oh. about Jason. No, 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 no. It's a good thing. You're fine. It's the it's the Ryan Johnson people that are all like gonna not be happy with it. Uh -oh. Oh, Jason, serious broom boy energy. Yeah, serious boy oh, for, energy. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I feel the same way looking at him. Like there is hope in the world. Like everything's there gonna is. be fine. Oh yeah, you got. I was scared. For, I was really scared when you said you're gonna hurt people. Um, I, trash animation garbage. The 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 last line I want to mention from Jason is the one that hit me the most. Like. I one of the weird moments where I just started crying for no fucking reason other than a line. And he's like, it's just like the stories you told oh, me. Oh my God. I forgot how Ezra and the whales took the bad guys far away. And it's like, Oh, Oh, I'm gutted. Like I shouldn't be gutted, but I am gutted. Cause it's like, we know this story. We were there for the legends. And he's just like, yeah, it's like you told me. Like I hear stories from my family about great things that happen, and it's like it's just like the stories. But Hera's having a at the same time for Hera, it's great for him to see it, and she's having probably a little PTSD flashbacks. And like, so are we. Like yeah. that's what's so cool <sighs> about it. And that, what? Go ahead, Thomas. Uh, I'm just gonna wrap it up and send to you. And that's what brings it all the way back to the Ahsoka and Anakin version, like viewing the Clone Wars everybody has a different perspective on everything in life 
and two people can live the exact same moment. They can be the same age, but their cognitive dissonance, their cognitive dis, uh, difference is going to change their perspective, how it affects them emotionally, and what the karmic debt on their soul is going to be. Fuck, I'm in my zone. Jack. Love it. Love it. I would look when he said that it, it gave me feel, it's different because we we actually did witness it but when he said that it, it gave me similar feelings of like obi-wan mentioning the clone wars and the new hope and you're like oh man like like at the time we were in jason's point of view of like in luke's of like oh man i wonder like what that was like what does that mean what was that all about and now him saying talking about ezra and taking the bad guys far Ooh. far away by the way Far, far away. A little th- thank you, Dave Filoni. Thomas just had a big, uh, big thought. A little light bulb go over his head, and I, I'm curious to know what it is. But I was like, oh man, this just makes me feel all the good Star Wars stuff. Thomas, what happened? What broke your brain just now? A New Hope. You know, yes, yeah, yeah. in the Clone yeah, Wars, right? Yeah. Who made the Clone Wars? Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni just george lucas slash dave filoni himself because he's like oh <laughs> this little this little story that you've heard of that ezra yeah go watch rebels right yeah, we can I, go a really watch, good show about that we can we can watch a new hope and be like oh well we can go watch the clone wars this is oh, literally yeah, like this that. is literally just <laughs> this, like yeah is ahsoka just one big thing. commercial for star wars animation <laughs> yeah it's exactly what i Honestly, after this episode, I I have never wanted to sit down and binge 11 seasons of a fucking thing. I was like, do I want to watch this Clone Wars movie right now and just like start it all over and just go all the way through Rebels? Because that's what this episode made me feel like. Disney was finagling some everything. budgets. They were like, man, we, we like, we, these shareholders are going to be pissed if we have a, like this much in our marketing budget. What if we moved it to a production budget and just made an eight episode commercial? Oh, and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, and guess what? It's fucking awesome. Um, they rule. Yeah, that, that's that's where my head went, Jack. Did you have anything else to say? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's I was done. I, I <laughs> what you just said though about um, the Clone Wars. It, it, this a lot of this episode was so meta when when I almost called her Little Gamora, Little Ahsoka, when she's like, little "This Soka? is the Clone Wars," and he's like. And it's like, yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like people who maybe didn't watch the Clone Wars, maybe saw a couple episodes and waking up, they're like, hey, this is the Clone Wars. And it's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. I don't understand why we're here. And he's like, that's your problem. You, that's why I think that that Anakin wasn't, that she was the only one present in that. Like she was the only one knowing what was going on, that that was actually Anakin. Uh, like that. Okay. If you know what I mean, like that wasn't the yeah. vision of Anakin she had seen up above. Like that was Anakin in that moment, and she was aware of what was going on. And that's why I think just the way that he that conversation takes place, it could work both ways of him knowing what's going on and him also not knowing what's going on. When she says it's a Clone Wars, he's like, "Yeah, I know." Um, it like that to me kind of gave away that oh, could this be? Well, she is reliving things. I don't know yeah. that she's, she's the only one cognizant of what's happening. Yeah. But then we get to the second flashback and like Anakin was that never there. Very, um, yeah. Yeah. And that one so, is very, you can tell like that's future Anakin trying to give that lesson. Um, I, I will say on first watch, I was like, yeah, like that's my thought on second watch. I also did a third watch of just that scene. Um, because really quick production note, uh, 
the mandrels changed it from the first two flashbacks to the third flashback in Mandalore arc. Like it changed just enough to show the aging, which I really liked. I went back and double checked, but um, she's like, this is one of our first battles we had together. Why are we here? And his response is, that's your problem. You still don't understand. What about my training? This is your training. So like part of it is, yeah, I can see how you see it that way. But I look at it as though that is the Anakin Skywalker that was above and he's there with her. And because it's like, that's the problem you don't understand is a direct response to this is one of our first battles together. What are we doing? First missions together, excuse me. And like, what are we doing here? Um, I like that. I like that we view it two very different ways. Like that's that's awesome. I love Star Wars. I love you guys. Um, so. Do we want to do winner of the week? Do we have a do, do yes, you have a dibs, winner? Anyone? Total dibs. Okay, Thomas. my winner, my, my winner of the week is the audio fucking mixing team. They <laughs> fucked. They fucked all over this episode. Oh wow! Um, they were just talking about you know we've seen in the news a lot lately that Kenobi the final episode. George Lucas was very intent on uh, in trained on the final fight scene. They wanted it to sound a certain way when Anakin and Vader are one and the mask is broken. They wanted it to feel right. I feel like they were doing the same thing with this episode. First off the footsteps on the walkway, having this like really loud thump, but like a very long resonant echo going on. I don't, I can't even do the sound that like that really grasped me. Uh, I'm like, Oh man. Cause I'm, I listened on, uh, I put on connected my Bluetooth noise canceling headphones to my Chromecast and that's how I watched it. So I had my own little mini theater experience and that was something that I really loved and noticed the saber and the wave mixing sound effects. It's really hard to tell where it is like where the line is on that because it's so uh, upon three times of listening to that sequence which i literally rewound multiple times to try and catch it it took me a while to find the difference where it was blending back and forth because it's so perfectly mixed um i already mentioned the you lack conviction line that was just, that that is what really uh how do i say this without being sexual really turned me on uh, I think it's the best way to put it. Like my nerd that's without him being sexual. That's without me being sexual. My nerd was like, hi, I'm over here. Let me put my glasses on again. Um, and then uh, there was a third note. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, the sound mixing is beyond belief. Ah, it's, it's mixing in the Sith scratchy shit that we hear when he's dark, when dark side stuff is happening as well as the, uh, blending of the voices with certain like force sound effects underneath it when she's doing the psychometry, which also Klein, I, I popped. I was like, it's just like Calcastus. It's just like Calcastus. I don't know why that was the only person I could think of in the moment, but I was like, holy shit, he's doing, she's doing psychometry. And I know I was yelling because I, <laughs> I heard, Barely heard a chuckle. I heard someone yell at me from behind, and I was like, "Oh, I'm being too loud." Um, winner, sound mixing team. I know they're not going to get the credit they deserve, but they're getting the motherfucking credit from me because this episode slaps on an audible level. I could close my eyes and I can feel 
everything happening and i can picture it in my mind because it's so well done give them an emmy jack do you have a winner or a loser for this week um i guess my loser would just be the tv budget of it all uh which wasn't even that big of a deal except for the clones everything else looks spectacular um Winners, everything we just talked about for the last hour and 41 minutes and 38 seconds, 39 seconds. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and get my bad batchers, guys. I'm ready. Uh, before yeah. we get that, I do have a quick question. Oh boy. I think okay. it's very quick. I, it depends on you guys. <laughs> do we get Thrawn and Ezra next week? We I have a theory about that. We've, we, I, I think we definitely get Thrawn at the end of next week's episode, maybe. Mm-hmm. I have an Ezra theory. Oh, I don't know if Ezra He's returns. <gasps> I love it. Why? Like goes back know. with them, you mean? No, I don't know. I don't know if Ezra's in this show. Oh, I think he because they came out with that poster or he was like on some packaging for like Hasbro and you got like and a good look at him. Maybe he's dead. I feel like they, maybe, maybe. I just feel like if you get a good look at him like that on a toy package, they make a toy for him, then I'm just like, I just expect to see him. Can I tell you be, something really I important? Can, they make yeah, toys, stop. they make black series toys for fucking everybody. For everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, no, I know, but it, it like on the image, um He's in the I show. Know, it, he was in the he was it, in the hologram. Yeah, he's already been. Yeah, in I it. know, I know, but they filmed I, him on there's a Mon Mothma and they scanned toy. his body. Well, yeah, but Mon Mothma was at like you saw a full scale thing of her, and it was like no, it wasn't. It was just, but it was just hologram. Yeah, but it was full scale. Like she's there. Like she's like her height, actual height. Like it wasn't like a yeah. Small, you saw her little full thing. body of Ezra. Yeah, I, guys, I don't know. I'm talking about, just, I'm the, talking about the, the scale. He was a miniature hologram versus Mon Mothma, who was very big. Something in my head right now that is telling me. That maybe Ezra isn't as big in the future of all of this as like maybe maybe Ezra served his purpose. Well, well, that I agree with in the sense of like I yeah. could totally see him not like wanting to come back with them to, to back to the galaxy. Uh, I could see a world where maybe he's made friends, maybe he has a family or something like that, and he just wants to him stay. And maybe they're married. Maybe uh, they they're could in love. Be. <clears throat> okay, maybe. I would like to go down two different avenues of this theory a everything you guys just said uh, i love it like literally he's found a new purpose in this section uh, in this r- galaxy excuse me um, what's this and galaxy gonna look like it's gonna be earth or yeah. Mars. <laughs> yeah 1960s like all of a sudden like next week out of nowhere we're just gonna see a ship show up out of the sky mm. and then a bunch of whales like in our reality I'm like oh it's gonna fuck, be this has been a reality Oswald show filibuster they're gonna pop in <laughs> robert day jr is gonna be there and he's gonna be like so how about that and like and then that'll be the, the avengers will cross over oh god powerpuff so girls will show up i don't know why that's yes the oh, god I, let me some buttercup um but the other option where he's not in the show he might already be dead that's what you I don't think. Thinking. Like Thrawn, I am willing to bet. Let me, let me, let me go through this. Let me go through this. What if Thrawn's 100%. dead? That would be fucking wild. Project Necromancer. They'll bring him back. Uh, somehow Thrawn returned. Ugh, kill me. Um, but you I love. love that. Shut up. <laughs> I, w- I just meant the line. The line. Oh uh, yeah. Me. Okay. The, the fact of it happening. Yeah. Because somehow Thrawn does return. We don't know how yet. 
Um, I think Ezra could like Thrawn is usually very respectful and with honor. Even in the Empire, he does things with honor, and he only does casual like civilian casualties as a last resort to get what he needs. But before that, he uh, like he might be at a point where he's like, "Fuck it," and he can't control all of his men, and they kill him. There's a very there's a real possibility that happens because then oh we failed we were we were wanting to come back to save Ezra there's no positive outcome for us now I gave the map away this is for Sabine I gave the map away and literally brought Thrawn back and there's nothing for me except pain and having to now fight another war so that would add a real dramatic stake. That'd be very Empire Strikes Back there, Jack-Jack. And I, I like it. it. I love it. Uh, I love it, Klein. That's a good idea. I will just say, I think there's a 0% chance that Ezra's already dead. Ooh. I, I, I don't think... I just I just don't think that would I'm not saying sense. that there's like... I don't know. I'm not saying there's... I'm not, no, I'm not saying that you think that this is exactly what's going to I'm just saying I, I don't think that that is a possibility. I don't... I could see where maybe he doesn't make it out of the series, but still slim chance. I don't know. It, it, but to the toy thing, I just a don't a lot think, of episodes yeah. left, which is awesome. I know. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, can I start with my bad batchers now? Yeah. Yes, How many bad, bad batchers? Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Tom. I'm kidding. <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> uh, let the inner thoughts get out there. Um, huh. I was so ready and then I wasn't. I'm going to go. Fuck, what did I give episode three? I'm going to go 4.015678. I'm kidding. It's a five out of five. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm cheating. It's a fucking six. Uh, oh, who, yeah. He's so, including Omega. Yeah. <laughs> she was always included, but I'm talking the original. F- yeah, you're right. I mean, and Omega became the fifth once Crosshairs left. I'm bringing Crosshairs back into the fold as a good guy. All six. One of them's go. dead too. Yep, he's all Project Necromancer. Uh, uh, goggles is back. Oh my god, what was his name? Tech. Tick. Yeah, tick. 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 Rule Bick. Rule six bad bitches. Six out of five. Uh, I'm going five out of five as well. Last week was a five out of five. This week is a five out of five. Not a perfect episode. Um. I'm sure there are nitpicks if I was to go back and really, really dig into it. But five out of five doesn't mean perfect; just means it's a masterpiece. I disagree, by the way, with that <laughs> sentiment. I disagree with that while listening. Uh, it's, that just shows oh the God. different scales and the different interpretations. I, but I gave five yeah. out of five this week because nothing I think can be it was perfect. perfect so, not, so, so by by your logic, nothing can ever get a five out of five. Kind of nothing yeah. can be perfect. Yeah, kind That's of. two different absolutes put together. You must be a Sith Lord. I must be. Um, <laughs> I give five out of five this week, though. I'm just I'm just giving you a hard time, Glenn. I'm giving the five out of five this week, though, because it's a five out of five Star Wars for me, whereas I actually do think last week's was a better made yes. and constructed episode. But I didn't give it a five out of five. At the end of the day, it didn't give me the feelings this one did, man. Yeah. <laughs> like this, it's like it's it, this is this is as pure of Star Wars as you can get. So yeah. why the hell not? I'll give it a five out of five. I'll probably change my mind tomorrow morning, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. Last last week was tighter, as David said. Um, this week, 
had the balance of the force. Um, I think the good, like the highs and the lows, and it, it brought it together a little bit better. I'm going to walk our way out of this segment. My final thoughts. Uh, I forgot about this. It's very important because I've heard it a couple different times. People talk about Hera. They feel like she's acting out of character. Um, I will say her emotion, she's emotionally compromised and it's not helping her fact might get her kicked out of the, the, uh, the fleet, if you will. But this week more than ever. And I think last week I said it too. Hera is Han fucking solo from the heir to the empire trilogy from the nineties. And it's just going to keep going to the point of Senator Organa covering for her to do the things that she's doing is the same thing she did for Han and Han is Han and her have done the exact same, like almost to the point, except they're just doing different details. Like, Oh, I'm disobeying this. I'm going to go do this on my own without authorization. Cause fuck it. I'm a general might as well use my rank as I can love it. Beautiful. Keep it going. What are your thoughts? Dear listeners, tweet at us uh, at Reckless Rebels, R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S-R-E-B-E-L-S on Twitter. Um, And while you're there, head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave us a review. Give us five stars. Uh, We love to hear from you, so tweet at us after that. Message us there. Offer recommendations. Bippity boppity boop. Boopity boop boop boop. Klein, where can everyone find you on the social media? You can find me everywhere at the Klein Felt. That's T H E K L E I N F E L T, talking all about Ahsoka and everything um, that I'm doing, including writing a whole bunch of stuff about the Netflix live action One Piece series over on the direct.com. So putting that all up on uh, my Twitter as well, X, whatever you want to call it, as well as the direct. So you can check that out as well. Jack, Jack, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Jack Puses, P-U-E-S, all one word. You can find me on Twitter and all social medias at TC Rochester Act, T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. I'm going to give a quick recommendation. Time of recording tomorrow is Thursday, 9-14. And I'm going to be hopping on the genuine chit-chat with our buddy Mike over in the UK after I get off an 11-hour day at work. Exciting times to talk about this episode. Uh, There's probably going to be a much deeper soul discussion there. I think that's where I'm going to have to bring it up because we are out of time today. Um, But check that out. It'll be in your podcast feed soon. But with that, sentience and droids, we've reached the end of this oh-sweet episode. Remember, the Force is your ally, and a powerful ally it is. We've spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This has been your standard operating procedure of podcasting. Yippee! Ooh.